Hi, you're listening to The Cardigan, a special series from Selfie, focusing on the intersection of psychology and self-care. I'm Kristen, a licensed therapist, a skilled catastrophizer, and mom of four. And I'm Matthias, a licensed therapist, side-eye aficionado, and a dog dad. We're going to be taking your mental health questions, chatting about our own journeys, and looking at psychology in the media. We hope you learned something about yourself, the people you love, and the world of mental health and maybe laugh a little along the way. So go grab some tea and your favorite cardigan and we'll meet you on the couch. Hey guys, you're listening to Selfie episode 203. Today we are going to be doing a check-in. Matthias is going to talk about overwhelm. I'm going to talk about a kid drama to the ER. We have some two thumbs up for you guys today. We're answering a listener question about navigating online dating during a pandemic. We have a what I want you to know about um, parenting a child with schizophrenia. This was an interesting one to listen to. And lastly, we're going to be talking about why Wordle is so freaking popular and why we're so why we're so addicted to it. Hey, Matthias. Hey, Kristen. We have a lot to cover today. We do. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it, too. Well, tell me a bit about your self-care and mental health this past week. Oh, my gosh. I have been overwhelmed. I mean, like, not specifically in this moment, but I got hit over the weekend. I, I think it was, like, Saturday afternoon into Sunday with just, like, I don't know. Do you ever get those times where it's just, like, everything feels so overwhelming and you can barely think Uh (laughs) it's just like anxiety yeah Yeah. i'm in that place right now too so we're (laughs) twins yay yeah like it it hit me with with like full for it was like i got an email from someone asking me to do something that was not that big of a deal like at any other time i'd be like okay and just do it but like it was the the straw that broke the camel's back and it sent me over the edge so I feel like I've been recovering from that. Like my my anxiety finally went down last night. I'm feeling better today, but it just feels like the reality of the world is everything feels overwhelming. And how did you get how did you get back to, you know, homeostasis? Well, strangely, and I hate that I am this person now because I always roll my eyes at people who say this, but going to the gym (laughs) oh i think we have to break up we're done we're done oh my gosh i'm so mad at it i'm so mad i know (laughs) all right but there is something about moving it through my body that that's fair it is so fair it is true it never feels like it will be true but once you've done it and you're there and especially when you're done it is yeah. very helpful. Yeah. Like, it, it, and, you know, to be fair, it was dissipating before then. Like, it mm-hmm. wasn't, I'm not saying, like, going to the gym cured it. But, like, that really helped. Like, I felt so much better last night and in going into today. I also, like, canceled all of my morning meetings other than yeah. like, I start seeing therapy clients at 11 and yeah. typically will stack meetings before that and I, I canceled all those too and so I think that helped too oh I gosh got to, yeah like Definitely. go get a latte and walk my dog and like that yeah. was really helpful but yes <laughs> yeah completely yeah. so yeah overwhelm what, what about you you've had some drama I had some drama this week so this was you know one weekend a month I go work at OnSite, 
mm-hmm. which is a um, residential well, residential doesn't I mean you it's a retreat center and people come and do individual um, intensives, couples intensives, or they have some group programs. And so it's like a mental health wellness center, but it's mm. all run by therapists, you know, licensed therapists. It's it's very, you know, clinically sound. And so I work there doing couples intensives and I go once a month, one weekend a month, long weekend. So this was the weekend this month. I'm there having a great time. You know, it's very enjoyable work. I love the people I work with, but it is always a little bit stressful to leave my kids, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Our normal schedule is that they are with my ex two days a week, but this means they're with him four days a week. So that's always a little bit anxiety producing for reasons. Um, that I I will not elaborate on right now, but perhaps will in the group. Um, So if you want to hear the tea, you have to be in the group. But anyway, so leave the kids and we're having, we're actually having a staff meeting Sunday night. And so I'm at onsite with all these other professionals, many of whom like I really admire and I want to, you know, you know, want to make a good impression on. And I'm sitting there and I see my phone is like ticker taping with texts. Mm. And then I see that it's my ex and my boyfriend on a text thread with me. Oh. And you know that shit's gone wrong when there's a text thread with you and your ex. And I'm like, oh, what? This must be bad. So I pick up my phone and we've got a kid in the ER. And we don't know why. Um. My ex just got a phone call from a nurse in the ER saying, we have your son here, but they wouldn't leave any info, which is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you have no idea. You have no idea what's going on. So then we're calling back and it's it's shift change for the nurses. It's like 6 p.m. And I guess that's when they shift change. So mm. we can't get anybody. And then we're told, well, because he this said child also had COVID <laughs> actively. <laughs> So then we can't get anyone because he's in the COVID wing. So then my ex goes out there. They won't let him in because he's in the COVID wing. So anyway, I I mean, long story short, he cut his hand, but he cut it pretty severely. Um, He cut his hand because he climbed climbed onto the roof of a building. Oh, no. That he wasn't supposed to be on um, (laughs) with a skateboard. Oh, no. (laughs) So... (laughs) And it's so classic because my ex had said, you know, he's got COVID, but he feels fine. He's just sitting around the house. And my ex was like, go do something. Which I would have said, I would have said the same thing too. Like, go skate, go ride your bike. Like, I said this to all of my, this is our third now that's had COVID, which I've managed to somehow not get. But, you know, I've said it to all of them, like, go get out of the house, you know, take a mask and ride around. Mm -hmm. So I guess his idea of riding around was to go skate on the roof of a building. And then as he's getting down, um, his hand got caught on the flashing of, which is, you know, really sharp metal. So anyway, they end up giving him stitches. He ends up coming home. But it was just, it was a very tense 30 minutes of not knowing why I had a kid in in, in the ER. Right, that's horrifying. Yeah, and your mind goes a million places. Right. You know, car accident, hit by a car, God knows. Right. So, yeah, I mean, then I went into a full-blown panic attack while I'm, you know, I'm not at home. Um, 
And now he's just got his hand bandaged up. I, I will post a photo of it in the selfie group because it's so classic. The, the majority of the cut was on his middle finger. His finger is taped, literally frozen into flipping a bird. <laughs> There's like a stabilizer on his middle finger and then the rest are curled down. And he, he is permanently flipping a bird. I bet he loves that. <laughs> I know. So anyway, he has no use of that hand. He goes back to school tomorrow. He's missed a ton of school between COVID and now this. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. Teenagers. What a mess. That's that's rough. I know. Freaking teenagers. Mm. You know, and both my ex and my boyfriend were, you know, we're all on the phone and they're both like, I would have done the same thing at that age. And I'm like, I wouldn't have. <laughs> right. Right. I? Same. Although I, I don't know. I can't really talk. I did a lot of really dumb things at that age. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, luckily that's all over. But it, it really, honestly, it really activated my anxiety. I was a real mess. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's a worse nightmare scenario. Yeah. yeah. So I came home from onsite yesterday and today I slept for like two hours in the middle of the day, which I never do. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, all is well. Luckily, that's, you know, it didn't rip anything terrible. It's just, it's a flesh wound, but a very disgusting flesh wound. One. Yeah. Oh. What do you have for two thumbs up for us today? Yeah. So I, this, <laughs> I, you know, making brown rice is hard. I, it I, I can be. Right. Like, I, I I feel like for years I have been trying to figure out how to make brown rice well. Mm-hmm. Or just rice in general. But yeah. specifically brown rice because it feels, I don't know, more complicated than white rice. And I don't have a rice cooker. So, I don't know, a year ago, two years ago, I stumbled across this method of cooking brown rice that I was like, I should share this with people because it has changed my life. Um it's so easy. Literally, all you have to do, and maybe everyone already knows this, maybe I'm new to this, but like you just throw like six to eight cups of water in your saucepan, add a cup of rice, and let it boil in like that ton of water for a mm-hmm. half an hour. And then you drain it, and then just let it sit for another 10 minutes, and you have perfect rice. It's- Wait, so you're cooking rice kind of like pasta? Yeah, yeah. It's very similar to pasta. Whoa. Yeah. And it is, I mean, it's perfect. I have never had it fail me. I've never burned it. You know, like previously I have ruined pans making rice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm. My mind is a little bit blown. Okay. So you, you get the water to a boil, like you're going to put cook pasta. Yep. You put the pasta in and you cook it for 30 minutes. Yep. Yeah. So you throw, you know, and then you drain off in. the excess water. Yep. And then you let it sit for 10 more minutes uh and it, you know wild and it's perfect every time i, I mean have it takes never 40 minutes that. but it's it's amazing it's amazing okay so, i believe you but i am gonna have to say why do you not own a rice cooker i don't know have you I, tried like, one no i like we didn't have one growing up my mom i don't know my mom was always like we don't need a rice cooker we can use a stove and i guess i've just adopted that <laughs> first of all you need more asian friends because they would have shamed true. you at this yes. point <laughs> and but no i mean same i didn't grow up with a rice cooker but i am going to tell you 
once you get one, you'll never go back. Okay. Because you don't have to watch it. You yep. can put it in there and, and not just the rice cooker, but I'm also now down with the Asian grandma method of you measure with your finger. Oh. Do you know about this? I don't think I do. Okay. So you pour the desired rice amount into the rice cooker. Okay. You stick your finger down until it cu- until your finger goes down um, into the rice to your up to your first knuckle. Okay. So no matter how much rice you have, but you do have to put, I mean, you have to cook a decent amount for it to get to that point. Um, sure. Stick your finger down up to your first knuckle. Pour water in until it hits your second knuckle. Okay. And then turn the rice cooker on. Oh. And then you don't even have to watch it. Wow. Yeah. I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna send you a rice cooker. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> That'll be like your your little two thumbs up to me. <laughs> I just I'm curious to see because they're so cheap. I mean, you can get them for like twenty bucks. Yeah. I'm just curious to see if it changes your life. Okay, it probably will. It did. I mean, I do you rice. eat a lot of rice? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So do I. So do I. And what I love about the rice cooker is like I can. I mean, it's childproof. Like my kids can do it. Amazing. But I like meals that I don't have to watch. Yeah, same. Literally same. Which is yeah. why I like this method. Yes. <laughs> you just... No, that does make sense. Yeah, but uh, I mean, that sounds sounds like my life could be even easier. It and could I'm be. Always on board be. for that. Yeah. I will say brown rice is still is still tricky in the rice cooker. You do have to add a little bit more water. Sure. But I don't. Yeah. I measure nothing. I mean, yeah, I don't either. Yeah, so I'm very terrible about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So for those of you who don't own a rice cooker. Yes. <laughs> Do it this way. What about you? Okay. I just got, so I have constant um, neck issues. Mm. Like it's where I hold all my tension. I have TMJ. I grip my teeth. You know, I always have. And, and then from my jaw on down, I've got like a tense neck. Where I hold everything, mm-hmm. and it's tough because it's hard to give yourself a neck massage. And I have one of those little massagey thingers, um, the one that you plug in, and it'll kind of like massage. Yeah, but it doesn't dig into your neck. So I finally found this. I'm holding it in my hands. It's I finally found this neck neck massager. It's manual. You don't plug this one in. But it is, I don't know how to explain it. It kind of looks like a long headband. And then it has two balls, like rubber balls on it. Mm-hmm. And you put it around your neck and you just, you push the balls in and they're hard. Um, and then you just kind of like knead it back and forth and it will give mm. your neck a good deep rub. Wow. I mean, I'm looking at the picture right now. Yeah. It looks a little bit intimidating. It, it does. It looks <laughs> like maybe it could be a torture device or a sex toy. <laughs> like it's, it's a toss-up. <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird looking. I probably wouldn't leave it laying out. I have. It's funny because I have so many neck things that look like weird sex toys because I also have one of those finger protectors for if you're giving a massage to someone else. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And the, it for sure looks like a sex toy. <laughs> But yeah, this thing is really good. I, I, It literally came last night and I used it all morning. Wow. Like just sitting there like working. I just like was, you know, rubbing my neck with it. So anyway, if you have 
If you have neck issues, if your neck gets tight, highly recommend. This looks like... <laughs> this might be a weird thing to say. Just looking at this and hearing you talk about it, like my whole body is like, I need that. Yeah. Like, I, I just like... You yeah, do. I, I should order it tonight. And it's yeah. like, I think it was $25. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's saying 17 at the link you posted. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Especially okay. for anyone who gets tension headaches, which I do from mm-hmm. this whole, you know, neck gets tight. And then I get that like painful band headache across the back of my neck. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. We have a listener question that... um I think is going to be in your wheelhouse more than mine. (laughs) And that listener question is, how do I navigate online dating during a pandemic? Yeah. I I mean, the honest answer right now is I'm not. You're not. (laughs) You give up. You don't. But I I have tried. I have tried. Yes. And I did learn some things trying it. But goodness gracious, it's so hard. Like, yeah. So... I don't know. At the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, oh, this might be perfect to, to date. It, it, because I, ha- I hate first dates. That's one mm-hmm. of my, my least favorite things. Mm-hmm. I hate the trying to make small talk. I Ugh. hate the people finding out I'm a therapist. Like, Ugh. everything about it is, I, I hate. And so the idea of doing it online via Zoom it sounded really appealing to me, actually. And, yeah. and so I, I tried that. But it, it made it worse. Like, How so? <laughs> just because that online thing is just really awkward. Yeah, the online thing was, was so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I paused and I came back probably, I don't know, a year into the pandemic. So last August, September and tried again mm-hmm. uh, and enjoyed it a whole lot more. And I I think some of the things that I did was I started being far more open about who I would talk to. Um, oh, oh, more open. I th- I would have thought you sa- would say the opposite. No. I, I, like, my therapist for years is telling me, has been telling me, like, you should be more picky with mm-hmm. who you talk to. And I tried that. But it, it just made it harder to date. <laughs> it just made it that yeah. much harder to date. And so the being more open going on more first dates and keeping them like if i wasn't feeling it i think this is just general dating advice if i wasn't feeling it just saying like this has been really lovely but i don't think we're a good fit and ending it instead of having to like spend a full hour or spend an hour and a half with someone yeah um now here's a question i have if you're you know if you're relatively COVID safe how do you know when you're ready to like break your bubble And see someone in person because that feels like an added difficulty in all of this as well. Yeah. Like, that's the question I think I've been trying to ask myself. Yeah. Too, is like, when, yeah, when does it feel safe? Because my general policy when I'm dating is try to get it into in person as soon as possible. Right. Like, (laughs) right. Let's not live in texting. Right. Yeah. yeah, let's let's get. I mean, let's feel the energy. You know, all of that in person. Uh, I don't know. I feel like right now, even though I'm not dating, like I would be open. You know, someone is fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And it seems like we've got a good connection. Yeah, d- doing something. Yeah. Um. But you know, as long as we're maybe outside on a patio or or, yeah. or whatever. Um. 
It's, yeah. It's rough, Kristen. It's it rough is. out there. I mean, my only experience of dating online in a pandemic was at the beginning of the pandemic, my ex was doing a lot of online dating. And when I say online dating, I mean, meeting people on apps and then getting together in person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, it's hard because it's like when they say online, I'm not sure if this question meant online dating in general, like online, or if they meant apps, dating apps. Right. But Anyway, yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, he was, you know, going on two, three dates a week that he'd meet on dating apps. And so our bubble back when, you know, we were really concerned with that was very large. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so there was a point where I just had full custody of my kids because dad would not stop with the Tinder dates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. I mean, I, I did back in yeah september october mm-hmm. where i i was i was dating someone like like we yeah. had moved into the progression of like oh this yes. might actually be a relationship yeah. and uh he was all it was also long distance so that complicated it but uh-huh. like it was fully online and we were so intentional around making evenings out of it so hmm. like he would you know get wine i would get wine or he you know hmm. whatever he was drinking and like we would we would turn it into like even though we were distant the intentionality like we were going somewhere <laughs> and, and did that begin to feel normal it did yeah yeah it, especially after you know everything in the pandemic where online is starting to feel far more normal but like truly like I, I, we met in person, I think two months in. Wow. And it was like, oh, this is great. Like, hmm. I mean, certainly different being in person, but not that much different. Yeah. That's so interesting. Well, yeah. I don't know. What advice do you have? <laughs> I think I, the advice would be is like, it's okay to not do it. But I also right. get the desire if you want to, like, try that intention thing it worked it worked i yeah. mean clearly it didn't turn into anything but it it felt really nice putting that level of intention into an online date mm-hmm. and not kind of treating it as like oh it's just on zoom like mm-hmm. i can be in my pajamas like going through all those motions that i would go yeah. through if i were going out i like that All right, today for our What I Want You to Know, we have a listener named Carrie who is talking to us about what it's like to parent a child with schizophrenia. My daughter seems like an average child for the first few minutes you meet her. Then you can see that something is different. Maybe it's the way she talks about her three favorite topics without remembering that she's told the stories several times before. It might be the way she stares at people too long without realizing that people notice it and it makes them uncomfortable. She was always a highly sensitive child, and she went from being a typical preteen to being a full-blown depressed preteen. With us, her two parents and two step-parents furiously trying to keep up, trying to explain her behavior and her outbursts to her teachers and peers and family, we assumed it was depression. We thought it could be borderline personality disorder. We had her in therapy. We tried different medications only to see her continually decline with her inability to maintain relationships and the continuing issues she's having in school. We thought kids were just being cruel, 
we couldn't believe how awful they were. So we switched to school and then we switched again because kids are mean at all schools, I guess. We never considered the idea she was hearing things that weren't actually being said. We never considered the idea she was seeing things. Why would we? We never considered we'd hear the words thought disorder and we never thought we'd hear paranoid schizophrenia. She's too young. It's got to be something else, right? Technically speaking, her diagnosis is schizoaffective disorder, which is a blend of schizophrenia with a mood disorder. What I want you to know is that it's been 12 years since the decline started and we're still fighting. She's still fighting. Seven hospital stays, several prescriptions a day, residential treatment where she lived during high school for about six months while we were definitively locking down that diagnosis. Um, Day treatment, individual therapy, guardianship, conservatorship, Um, She now lives in a group home and is in between jobs, but she has held down jobs for a while. Um, She's trying, and she's trying to remember if she told you that story already. She's trying to dress like everyone else, but she's not aware if the clothes she has on are clean or not, and if they aren't, she doesn't really care. She's trying to use her skills from years of therapy, like dialectical behavioral therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy. She's trying to remember that people aren't conspiring against her. And we're trying to be patient and offer social cues to help her fit in, even though the repetition doesn't seem to be working. We don't discuss it publicly too often because of the connotation between violence and schizophrenia. Whenever there's a mass shooting, I hold my breath, terrified they identify the shooter as schizophrenic. I want you to know that I don't really know what caused it. I know it lurks in my family's DNA, and I know it's connected to epilepsy, which she had as a child. I know people are born with it, but I want you to know that I still feel responsible. I want you to know that I don't know what her future holds, but she has so much to offer. She has a story to tell, but I want you to know that I'm terrified this illness will continue to ravage her brain and she won't remember what she wants to say. All right. Thank you, Carrie, so much for sharing that with us. Well, Matthias, what are we talking about today in terms of psychology and pop culture? Wordle. Wordle. (laughs) Are you playing, Kristen? I am. Yes. Are you? Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. How long have you been playing and what got you into it? Uh, Probably two weeks at this point. Oh, okay. You're a Uh, veteran. And yeah, totally. Um, and just seeing like everyone posting their stupid little squares on yeah, Twitter. Like totally. I was like, what the fuck is this? And then got hooked. So. Yeah. <laughs> so explain yeah. what it is for people who don't know. Yeah. So uh, it's a word game uh, and you get six tries and only six tries to guess the word of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's always a five letter word, and how you play is you you just type in an attempt, and it will the squares of the five letters will turn green, yellow, mm-hmm. or gray. Green mm-hmm. means that you have the right letter in the right place. Yellow means that you have a right letter, but it's not in the right place in the word. And gray means that that letter is not in the word. Uh, and so you get six tries to guess what the word of the day is. There's only one word per day. You only can play it once per day. And 
it's brilliant. It's genius. The funny thing is, so everyone was talking about this. And so I went to the app store Mm -hmm. and I was like, I'll get the Wordle app. And I did. And that's not what everyone's playing, just so everyone knows. I think they even banned that one. I I think they have. Yeah, Yeah. I think (laughs) I I would suspect that every single day a different app pops up called Wordle (laughs) that they then like you know, have some kind of a intellectual property dispute over and it gets pulled down. Uh, but yeah, it's it's basically you have to play it on a browser, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, why do you think this is so addictive? Because I mean, everybody is playing it. Yeah, I, I was reading about it. But even from my own experience, it's really nice to have it only be one thing. Like, like, like that sense mm-hmm. of... There's no option to get sucked in. There's no option to like binge play. It's like you get one attempt, you either get it or you don't, and then it's done for the day. There's yeah. a level of satisfaction. It's, it's yeah. and uh, there's also that social element of mm-hmm. everyone else. Like it seems like everyone is playing, so you yes. get to see your friends and you get to feel. <laughs> I love playing because I get to feel superior. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> All of us book nerds, all of us vocab nerds. This is our moment. We're having our moment finally. Uh, Yeah, I think both of those things, that that accomplishment, the fact that it, you know, it takes, I don't know, between five and 15 minutes to play. And you get that that instant kind of like, I I did it. I did something Mm -hmm. today. Yeah. Our mutual friend, Sarah Bessie, it's funny because she tweeted about this and it went super viral. And I had people that I know don't know Sarah Bessie retweeting this. But she said, the social contract we are all upholding to not spoil the date's wordle has restored my faith in humanity. Yes, it's true, though. Because <laughs> everyone has the same word, right? Yes. Which is wild. It is wild that there are no spoilers. Except I'm sure, I mean... I'm sure there are places online which you could quickly go and cheat, right? Sure. But I saw t- I saw a headline today that there was someone made a bot to reveal th- tomorrow, like the next day's Wordle. Oh, wow. On Twitter. And Twitter banned them. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it is. It's it's very satisfying. And I think that the like the social connection part, like that we're all playing it is fun too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you shared your have you shared your boxes online? No. Uh-uh. I have Absolutely not either. Not. Why yeah. not? I think it's a little bit obnoxious. That is no judgment because I do enjoy seeing other people's boxes. Mm-hmm. And again, feeling the superiority. <laughs> yeah, I know. I agree. But no, I, I feel there first, there's something in me that's like, I will not be one of the box people. No, I'm saying that now, but we'll see. I have a couple text threads where I share them with oh, friends. Oh, nice. Yeah. But. I think it's one of those things where you you say you're not going to, but then once you get into it, it's like... You succumb. Yeah. That's <laughs> likely going we'll to be see. what happens. Yeah. We'll see. Hey, 
Hey, thanks for listening. Just a heads up, we're therapists, but we're not your therapists. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy, and by making it, we're not rendering psychological or other professional services. If you need therapy, we recommend you track down someone to help. Join us online for more of the conversation in our Selfie Community Facebook group or on Instagram at at Selfie Podcast. 